Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with Dudley Slater, he is the author of Fusion Leadership, Unleashing the Movement of Monday Morning Enthusiasts. The book is coming out in close to mid-September. The podcast will be out by then, so make sure you grab a copy. Slater was the co-founder and CEO of Integra Telecom, where he grew the company from nine to over 2,000 employees, transitioning it from the startup phase to the national prominence and as one of the 10 largest fiber-based telecommunications companies in the United States. Under Slater's leadership, Integra raised over $1.3 billion in capital and constructed one of the most advanced metropolitan fiber networks in the region, helping them to earn the distinction of being named Entrepreneur of the Year in the Northwest in 2011 by Ernst Young. I'm really, really excited today because we're going to be talking about his concept, which is which is called Fusion Leadership, but you know more about unleashing the movement of Monday morning enthusiasts. No more, I dread Monday mornings, and I'm actually excited to do my work on a Monday morning and make sure I keep that excitement till the rest of the week. Welcome to the show, Dudley. Hi, oh, thank you. Excited to be here. Pleasure is mine. Um, I, I'm very curious. I was reading your bio, and I, I was talking about you know just. How you sort of transitioned the company from startup to national prominence, how you grew your employees, you know, from nine to a significant amount of number. What got it all started for you? Did you always know you wanted to get into entrepreneurship or what was your journey like? You know, that's that's uh, fun to think back on. Um, No, I did not always aspire to entrepreneurship or having my own company. And honestly, it it was kind of a combination of several things, but um, I, I, I did get to the point where I thought, you know, uh, life would be a lot more fun if I worked for myself and didn't have um, a boss, uh, you know, to report to every day. And and um, kind of that, you know, emerging feeling um, together with, uh, you know, I, I just saw a really ripe opportunity um, in, in, in the industry and, uh, decided to act on it. So uh, I wish I could say it was, you know, 
carefully planned and scripted, but but it was really much more spontaneous in that, and um, and uh, really delighted that things kind of fell into place for me that way because I sure had a lot of fun in the process. Uh, I, I imagine, and so um, obviously when you were doing that, you saw you started to hear a lot of people say. Ah, Monday morning, I don't want to show up. And in fact, there's a stat that says 70% of U.S. workers hate their jobs and don't want to show up on Monday morning. Majority of employees feel and find little value in their work and dread going into the office. You believe that some of the reasons for this phenomenon can be laid at the door of the leaders. Now, before you get into why you feel like this is something from the leaders, I, I've heard this a lot. I'm a, I'm a millennial and I've heard this from Gen Xers, Gen, you know, uh, and then, um, even older generations, baby boomers, where Monday morning, and Sunday evening or some of those dreaded times, they're like, oh, my goodness, really, I have to go to work. And then when Friday comes, they get excited. Why do you feel like this is a phenomenon that's happened across generations? You know, it's a couple things. Um, first of all, this is something that's been traced for years, and, and it's a subject of several annual surveys. And, and I think there's very little... Um, question that this is a real phenomena and it drives me crazy. You know, I, I just think about how we as a country are, are missing out and how we're underachieving relative to our potential. I mean, imagine, imagine if our world, in our world, if, if 70% of the people were engaged and excited to show up for work, you know, the amazing things we could do as a society that we're not achieving today, you know, things in the area of, you know, new forms of clean energy and, and, you know, new cures for medical conditions and, 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 and new drugs that could save people. There's just a lot that we're not realizing as a result of the statistics. So it drives me crazy. Why do I think it's happening? You know, I, I think there's, it, look, it's a complex question, and, and there's no question that it can, it can be a range of factors. But I think personally, and this is based upon my own experience as an entrepreneur and, and being responsible for thousands of people, but I think all too often it's it's the leader and and it's forgive me for being simplistic, but I think most people, you know, are excited about the idea of of making a difference in the world or they, they get excited about the idea of joining a cause or being part of of, of, of something that they think is going to improve society. And that attracts people to um, the mission of an organization and and just just as strong of an influence is on the other side of the coin which is you know what drives people away what what makes monday morning dreadful and i think you know at the top of that list of of those issues is is the leader and and it occurs in my opinion and in my experience when employees start to conclude because of the you know the observations they make of of the behaviors of leaders when employees start to conclude that the only reason they're showing up for work is to make their leader wealthier and more powerful hmm. that I, I i can't imagine something more depressing or discouraging than to think, you know, all I do in my career is I work for this man or woman just to make them more wealthy or powerful. Talk about deflating. That would, uh, you yeah. know, that, that, would, that would have me dreading Monday morning. So, so Tyler, it, you know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about the question, what are the behaviors 
of leaders that attract people to the mission and how are those different from those behaviors that drive people away? And um, so that that's that's where I come from on the question. But I, I think that is at the center of, of, of the answer to your question, why, why has this been going on? Yeah, yeah. And well, obviously that leads to your concept of what fusion leadership is. So what is fusion leadership and what are some tips that you can um, share for leaders to implement this throughout their company? Well, you know, thank you. Fusion, as the term fusion implies, fusion leadership is is all about the question, how do you fuse together a team of people around a cause or a mission? And and um, what it is, is a, uh, a book of eight chapters. And the reason there's eight chapters is, is I, I took my own learnings from being an entrepreneur and, and the co-founder and the CEO of a company I built over 15 years. And I, and I took that on the road and I interviewed and I met with eight other CEOs, many of whom are, you know, national icons of major organizations, um, including the president and CEO of Levi Strauss, the former chief engineer of the Army Corps of Engineers, and some really amazing people. And, and I, and I talked to them about this same phenomena of what are the behaviors that attract people to the mission and what are the behaviors that really, you know, alienate people. And it's from those learnings um, that the book kind of lays out, uh, you know, eight questions and eight approaches um, that, that essentially are, are behaviors that attract people to the cause or the mission of the organization. And so that's what fusion leadership is. And, and if, if you were to ask the question, you know, what, what, what are those behaviors or what, you know, kind of what's the underlying theme here? Um, it's, it's, it's really pretty simple. And, and that is, you know, we all um, are trying to get ahead in life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I've discovered is that there's a very, um, uh, a, a dilemma that most any leader faces. And when I use the word leader, of course, the book features these CEOs, but, but I, this is a manager, it's a supervisor, it's anybody who's responsible for other people or, 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 or aspires to be. And, and what I discovered is that when, you, when you're in a position of, of leadership, you make everyday decisions. And, and many of those decisions might tempt you, um, might tempt your own selfish interests. And, and, and it's how you respond to those questions that people who are in your charge study very carefully and they will begin to interpret what, you know, what you're trying to do with your, with your role as a leader and, and that will drive their behavior. And let me give you an example. Um, a common one that I love to talk about is how do you prioritize your time as a leader? And, you know, you look at if you were to pull up the calendar of many CEOs or, or even managers, it's very common, especially, you know, in my world as being an entrepreneur, you know, you have a lot of demands. It's very common to schedule your time with your investors, your board of directors, your other C-level executives. And pretty soon you find you're just overwhelmed with busyness. And and it's easy to conclude that you don't have time for your for your frontline workers. And by frontline workers, I mean the people that are out there dealing with the customers that are making the company uh, function. And, and, and it's easy to assume a couple of things. One, I don't have time for those people or two, you know, I'm the CEO. That's not my job description. 
And, and the reason I cite this example is if you go to the question of, well, what does that decision communicate to your workers? It, it runs the risk of communicating a couple really negative messages, which it, if, if you're a worker and your CEO never spends time with you, you might think, well, my work's not important. Or you might think, um, maybe the CEO doesn't value what I do. Um, or, you know, you might think that the CEO thinks they're, you know, so much better than I am. And, and that can be alienating. Um, and so what I learned was by spending a couple hours a day kind of walking the floor, engaging with your frontline workers, a couple amazing things happen. Number one, you, you begin to, through your behavior, you communicate the message that, you know, the value, you, you see value in, in all of your workers. And you can communicate in, very, in a very tangible sense that, you know, I need you as the CEO. I need you here to achieve this mission. And, and then you, you have the wonderful discovery of really learning how your business works when you're spending time with your frontline workers. So that example, what I'm highlighting here is this, this uh, it's a decision of how you spend your time. And it's very tempting to be a little selfish with your time and think to yourself, I don't have time for these workers. Yeah. Yeah. No. Another, another example is, is compensation. You read a lot, you read a lot about these inflated pay levels. And, and look, I have, I have no problem with people becoming wealthy and, and, and making money as a result of their hard work and entrepreneurship. But, but, you know, when you're the, when you're the boss, you, you can set pay levels. And so, you think about the question, well, how much do I pay myself and how much do I pay the next highest um, person on the org chart and, and the person next to that person? And, you know, when you make those decisions, you're communicating um, how you value others around you. And, and that can be interpreted as, um, you know, by your employees as, as evidence of, you know, what do you, as the leader, why are you there in the organization? Are you there just to make yourself wealthier and more powerful? Or are you there to really serve the organization and serve the mission? And so, and I could go on and on. I mean, another question I love is, you know, when you, how do you conduct a meeting? You know, do you, do you use the meeting as a leader? Do you use the meeting as simply a platform to show how brilliant and charismatic you are? Or do you actually use meetings to, you know, debate hard issues and come up with, with, uh, decisions that are best for the organization, and and there's dozens of these daily, daily decisions that every leader makes, and and your organization is watching you carefully as the leader, and they're asking themselves the question, you know, am I showing up and working for somebody who's here like I am for the cause to make to make this organization better, or am I just showing up to make make this guy or gal, you know, wealthier and more powerful, and and so. Um, that's what fusion leadership is about, is examining through the lens of, of everyday decision-making what behaviors attract people to the mission of the organization and what behaviors drive people away. You know, I love that so much because, you, you know, you're talking about the importance of value. And, I, you know, before we started this podcast, I was telling you about a lot of the work I do with, with my business partner, which is going into companies to, to communicate the value of what diversity is, what inclusion truly means, and at the heart of that, it's really making sure that everyone feels like they're part of the overall goal of the of the company and they play a key role and not just, um, you know, invaluable as, you know, discarded objects. And it sounds like what, what you're saying is making sure 
that each employee knows how they fit into that and also understanding that that the idea of not having time is actually leading to uh to uh, a, a culture of disengagement and so um, key to I think the key to anything uh, involving inclusion actually is engagement and ultimately uh, leadership. So it sounds like you're talking about the importance of communicating the value, but also the importance of truly valuing the people that that do work for you as well. Ab- absolutely, and and it's it's tricky to do, and it's amazing. Um, and and look, I I, I want to be perfectly candid. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And I, you know, I'm, I'm far from a perfect, uh, perfect person. And, and, and I certainly was far from the perfect, um, you know, CEO and leader. And I, I made my share of mistakes, but I, I think the, the, the real issue here is not, you know, where, where you rank on the scale of perfection. The real issue is, you know, putting conscious thought into these questions of what is going to attract people to the, to the mission and what's going to drive people away from the mission. And, yeah, love it. Um, so then, okay, so if we've talked about that importance, do you have any uh, tips on techniques that leaders can use to sort of diminish that Monday morning slump? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I, I think, it, and it, it's it's a little bit along the lines of what we've been talking about. But but hey, let's get to the practical level of of you know what do you do on Monday morning, and and I and the techniques I would highlight are, you know undertake behaviors that demonstrate that you're there as the leader. You're showing up on Monday morning because you're excited about the mission of the organization. And look, you know, my company built a fiber optic network that provided data communications to businesses. You know, it, it, well, I'm proud of what we did and I, and I'm, I think communications is an essential need in our society. It's not like we were, you know, inventing new drugs to save people's lives but yet we had a very energized workforce. And, and so what would be examples? I, I would intentionally schedule on Mondays, um, you know, I would go hang out in our call center. And, and that wasn't my job description, but, but our, you know, the call center is where you, 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 know, you, you, you tap into the brainstem of the organization and you find out what's on the mind, minds of your customers. And that's where you know, a lot of hardworking people are working every day to solve customer issues. And I would walk the floor of the call center and say, you know, what kind of calls are we receiving today? What, what's the what's the biggest thing on the minds of our customers? And and once in a while, um, I, I would learn something that I didn't know about the organization. And I would delight in, you know, engaging with a call center employee saying, hey, 
you know, you just mentioned to me um, a, an issue you're dealing with and say, for example, you know, our, our, our bills, you're getting a lot of calls because our bills are confusing. You know, the way we invoice our customers is confusing. And, and this is just hypothetical, but, you know, I would take that type of a, an issue and I would, you know, immediately go sit down with our IT department and others and, and, and fix it. And then it would be so fun to go back to that call center employee and say, look, as a result of what you told me, this is what we've done. And now our company's stronger. And that, that simple act, um, you know, does a couple things. It, 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 number one, makes the company look better to its customers and, and therefore increases profits and revenues and, and makes everybody, um, you know, better off financially and, and as far as meeting customer needs. But of, of equal importance, it, it, it shows that employee that, that, you know, they contributed to something bigger by making that suggestion on, in this hypothetical example of improving the way, you know, the, the, the understandability of our invoices. That employee is going to walk home feeling very good about what they did that day. And, and they're going to share that feeling with their coworkers and, and their neighbors. And, and pretty soon, you know, that creates a buzz. I call it the ripple effect. And, and it becomes a, a contagious, um, you know, positive view of the organization. And that, you know, that's just a simple example of walking the floor. You know, other examples could be, um, you know, you're in a meeting dealing with, and, you know, a lot of people have their staff meetings on Monday mornings. And, and um, you know, I would often look around the room and think, you know, who in this team is, you know, showing signs of dragging a little bit this morning or maybe not being as engaged as I would like. And I would ask them to present, you know, an issue and say, you know, today we want to talk about, you know, you know, the engineering around our network and, you know, so-and-so, would you please lead this discussion? And, and just, you know, by, by reaching out and involving others, um, you, you know, you create buy-in. And, and, you know, these are just two examples, but um, like I said, there's many others in, 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 in the book and on our website. But it, it, all, Tyler, it all comes down to undertaking behaviors as the leader that provide tangible evidence that you're energized by the mission. And when you show that to people through, you know, your behaviors, other people are attracted to it and they get energized by the mission. And and look, we as human beings, in my opinion, want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And and when you when you when you create that kind of a culture, that makes Monday mornings infectious and a heck of a lot more fun than those companies where the, you know, the sad employees show up to just punch the clock because they feel like all they're doing is making the, you know, the guy or the gal they work for wealthier and more powerful. So um, th those are a couple examples and there's many, many more. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, as I'm listening to you, as with, you know, any great idea or any revolutionary idea, there are always, you know, there's always resistance. And I'm I'm very curious, you know, to hear your your thoughts and the challenges that you faced on your journey towards fusion leadership. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> um, good thing we only have a half hour because I could probably take an hour on on, on, on my <laughs> own challenges. But um, you know, I, I said a moment ago that you know no one's perfect, and I certainly um, you know learned a lot in my journey. But you know, I, I mentioned the example of the meeting um, with the smartest guy in the room. That was a tough one for me. I, I remember um, just a quick story. I, we uh, 
uh, were headquartered in Portland, Oregon. And um, I remember we, we raised a very large growth financing. We, we secured over $200 million of growth capital. And we were written up in the local newspaper, the Oregonian, as, as having raised the largest growth financing in Oregon history, according to the newspaper. And um, with that financing, I, I landed a number of, you know, kind of luminary uh, uh, private equity investors on my board of directors. And I was, I was very fixated on, you know, trying to prove to these investors, because they were just getting to know me, I was trying to prove to them that, you know, that I, I had the right stuff. I could be the CEO of this growing company and I could be responsible for their couple hundred million dollar investment. And, and I used to conduct board meetings with a fairly iron fist. I would plan the agenda. I would, you know, control the flow of the meeting. And, you know, of course, that's normal for a CEO. But one, one time I was, uh, I was just finishing a meeting and feeling pretty good about things. And my COO came and I was, at this point, the meeting had ended. Everybody got on planes and flew home. And my COO came storming into my office, red in the face, pounded my desk, hmm. and 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 started challenging me about my behaviors. And I was like, I was flabbergasted. You know, what are you talking about? I, you know, we just had a good meeting, and and he starts going on to tell me how I, um, how I uh, uh, cut this one person off every time. You know, they start to answer a question. This other executive on our team. I would interrupt this person. And at the time, and, and I was aware of this, and at the time, I, you know, this person I thought was um, sometimes a little bit long-winded in, in, in their response to questions, and I felt like they were, you know, maybe taking the meeting in a direction that I wasn't comfortable with. And, and, and you know, I had my justifications, but he, my COO was so angry at me, and I respected this person. He was smart, hardworking, and and he got me thinking, and I realized, and this took me a couple of weeks to realize it, but I realized that part of what was going on was I needed to show off. I, I needed to demonstrate, you know, in that environment with those new investors that I was the smartest person in the room. And, and you know, while that was not a pleasant thing to conclude, um, it did allow me to modify my behavior. And I started, I started changing the way I responded to this person. And, um, that person at the time was, was close to walking out the door. And after several more months of meetings and, and my new realization and modified behavior, they, they became, uh, a long time successful executive in the company and, and a great friend of mine. Wow. And so you know, that, that was one of the, one of the several struggles I went through in my own journey, but I, you know, I needed to be the smartest person in the room. And that, that, you know, that was not something I learned in business school. That was not something I learned in, in, in leadership training. Um, and yet it was, it, it was almost the difference between keeping a key member on the team or losing a key member. Um, and there's many other examples, but that, that one's, I, I look back on that one and I kind of chuckle at my own learnings. <laughs> I can, I can imagine, and, and thank you for sharing. Uh, we're going to wrap up soon, but I can't leave without actually asking you the lessons that you learned from the people you collaborated with. I think it was eight nationally recognized CEOs. Yeah, yeah, some great people, um, both you know people from for profit, from non profit, government sector, um, you know, men, women, just a wide uh, uh, diversity of people, and I, I learned a lot. Um, Mostly, I learned that 
you know, the, the principles of fusion leadership where you, you, you provide evidence of your commitment to the mission and you, you develop an awareness of when your own selfish interests start to get in your way. Uh, main thing I learned is that's not easy. That's hard to do. It's, you know, it's normal to want to pay yourself the big bucks and, and, and when you're allocating resources, you know, it's normal to want to, um, you know, have the big corner office and, 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 you know, seclude yourself away from other people. And, you know, it's, it's normal to want to, you know, use meetings to show how smart you are. So, you know, these daily behaviors, it it takes, it takes a, a really mature leader to begin to embrace the exploration of how your, you know, whether your behaviors are really driving the organization forward or whether they're just driving your own selfish interest forward. And what I learned from these other eight people is that's normal. Even, even some of the most iconic national names that run these big public companies um, can struggle with these issues. And it's when, it's when you take the time to think about it that you take the first critical step forward and and starting to show behaviors that are going to, are going to be exciting to other people and, 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 and really rally the organization around the cause. No, no matter what your cause is, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be inventing new drugs to save lives. It can be something as every day as what we did, which is connecting businesses, you know, fiber optic networks together. Absolutely. Huh. That's funny. Is this your first book? Uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I spent most of my life as an entrepreneur and a business leader, and I, I still do a lot in, in business. But um, I, I, you know, I just feel it's so important that if we as a society can can make people more engaged in their work, that we're going to become a better place for everybody. And yeah. and so I, you know, I have a lot of passion for it, and I've had a lot of fun writing the book. Well, I mean, how, how does it feel? How does it feel to have a book, uh, you know, that's published by? You know, a reputable publisher, Greenleaf Book Group, and you're just able to get your ideas out there. It must be a good feeling. It's so exciting, and and it's been a lot of fun. And I'm very grateful to the other eight leaders who collaborated with me. Uh, you know, the publisher's been great to work with, and and um, you know, mostly it's fun because I have passion for the issue. Mm. And and you know, my goal here is is um, look, I've been a very fortunate person. I'm I'm not trying to make money off this book, but my goal is to start a national conversation. And if I can get, you know, if I can get as many leaders as possible to start thinking about their own behaviors and what they can do, you know, to make their employees more engaged, you know, we as a society are going to be better off. And, yes. and that's, that's, that's what I get energy around. So it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and, and I, I really appreciate your, your question and, and, and your interest in the topic. Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you have it. Fusion Leadership is the name of the book. Uh, and the subtext is unleashing the movement of Monday morning enthusiasts. Uh, it, this is this is a book that you know where Slater uh, yeah combines the powerful stories of eight prominent leaders with his own journey of becoming a leader and the leader that he is today and what he continues to aspire to be. It's going to be out mid September. The podcast will be out by the time the book is out. Make sure you grab your copy. Uh, last question here: the mission statement of this podcast is use your difference to make a difference. That's the uh, the mission of, of everything that I do. And that's, that's, you know, the impetus for me to help uh, build the next set of global leaders. So my question to you, Dudley is how do you use your difference to make a difference? You know, uh, we all are, are fortunate to be on this world and, and this earth. And, and um, I've, I've been lucky enough to have success as an entrepreneur. And, and, you know, my goal here is to, is to take my learnings 
and and hopefully by sharing them and, and challenging people to think about their behaviors and how they can create a culture that's engaging for employees, um, you know that that will that will manifest in more successful organizations in the future that will contribute to our society. And that, that that's 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 how I'm attempting to do what what you just asked, Tayo. All right. Well, thank you so much. I I know you're. You've got a busy, busy, busy time of you, especially as you're getting ready to uh, to ramp up the press for the book. So thank you for spending, uh, you know, 30 minutes with us and uh, ensuring that we are participants in this national movement that you hope to spark. And um, wishing you best of luck. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my delight. Thank, thank you as well. Pleasure is mine. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.